Peace, love, and life, and peace, love, and light. Welcome, stay, come again. I'm your host, Him Not Them. Got to give and always will a shout out to the ancestors, the elders, listeners, likers, and subscribers. Can't show the hate, no love. As always, drink your water, eat your greens. We are here, we are live, and we are in full effect. That was the sounds of Lil Boat, Strike, Holster, Lil Yachty. He always got a song, Joe. I ain't gonna lie. Even from his first hit, Minnesota, and all those other songs he had when he first, first had came out, some people elected to make him a one-hit wonder. And then he was able to create create a lane for himself, and the rest is history. Lil Yachty. Greetings and salutations. Hopefully the family is doing well. We're going to hop right into it. We are here. As I look over what we are going to be discussing tonight, I hope the family has had a good 10 days or so since the last time we spoke. Um, hopefully whatever we've, been, whatever we've been experiencing has given us insight. A lot of what the end of the school year, a lot of what the end of the school year reminds me of um, not so much completing, but finishing strong, Right. Oftentimes we see the finish line and we start to slow up a little bit, allowing the competition or whatever is following behind us to catch up. And sometimes it's difficult to turn it right on in the end, maybe because we've been coasting for long periods of time. I say all that to say is that whatever we are in pursuit of, just because the finish line is approaching, let's not slow up too soon. Right. Give ourselves an opportunity, as they say in track, to run through the tape, you know. Don't allow, I don't know, like I said, anybody that's in second to come for your spot, so on and so forth. Me as an individual, I'm doing well. Moving through the school year, I bring that up because I want to finish strong. There was uh, there were times when I didn't necessarily finish strong in my evaluation show. Not that it jeopardized my job, but it jeopardized like some incentives and all that. And that happened one time in my life, and I said that wasn't going to happen again. So I apply that same mindset to other aspects in life where I want to be achieving you know and feeling like finishing strong requires a few reminders and that's what the first part of this installment is going to be about when we are in pursuit of completing completing excuse me because i'm reading and talking at the same time <laughs> when we are in the process of completing we have to understand that we can play one of two roles we can be accountable or we can be a victim when we are in pursuit of when we are in pursuit of a goal or an achievement, 
at times there'll be opportunities for us to hold ourselves accountable because we might have underwhelmed in the situation. We might not have been self-aware in the situation. And in, in the midst of all that, we can't, not that we can't, we aren't allowing ourselves to become accountable. We hold ourselves, we carry ourselves as a victim. Okay? So when we talk about aspects of a victim, victims avoid reality. Victims fight reality. That within itself is just two things we have to understand. Ideas, aspects, whatever the case may be. If we want to move forward and, we're, and we are not holding ourselves accountable, it's typically because we are avoiding reality and we're fighting reality. We're playing the blame game. You dig what I'm saying? And that not only wastes time, but it exposes us to a degree. Whereas we might not receive necessarily the necessary help because playing the victim is a repellent when it comes to drawing people or being around people. I speak for myself in particular. I can't be around people who have a victim mindset. It's always somebody else's fault why XYZ hasn't happened or the outcome wasn't what was not so much expected but desired. You understand? That's typically because we are avoiding reality and we're fighting the reality that we are presented instead of hitting it head on. We're playing the blame game. We're making excuses instead of stepping to the plate. You dig what I'm saying? So in contrast, when someone is accountable, they seek reality and they also acknowledge reality. We want to be on the plus side of things. You understand? And in order for us to do that, we have to hold ourselves accountable, which can be difficult. At times, we might find ourselves wanting to blame. And blaming is definitely at times easier than holding ourselves accountable or looking in the mirror, right? So when we are seeking to be accountable, we want to seek the reality, not shy away from it. We want to acknowledge all aspects of it, not just the parts that's beneficial. Not only do we acknowledge it, but we have to own it. There's parts of ourselves that we might not like, so we suppress it. And then we suppress it for so long, it comes out in different areas. Whereas if we just address whatever that situation, scenario, circumstance is, and put a name to it and own it, then we can recognize it when it appears. Instead of trying to duck it off in the closet where it collects dust, but just because it's collecting dust doesn't mean that it disappears. Someone that also holds, them, them, someone that also holds themselves accountable finds solutions. The end goal is not necessarily never in question. It's just never forgotten. The end goal can be questioned. Sometimes we might put ourselves in a position where we feel as though we earned more than we got. And we're upset about that. We can question that. But if we forget what the end goal is and, and stop trying to find alternate solutions to get us to our end goal, we will slowly turn ourselves into a victim. I say all that to say that Moving forward into the summer season, right, which sometimes people look at as a time to relax. Let's not, we can relax, but let's finish strong and run through the tape. And in order for us to do that, we have to hold ourselves accountable and not be a victim. All right. Before we close out the first part of this installment, I got this information from the book, The One Thing. Found it on the Internet. I really like to reread information, especially when I have a different outlook. The information doesn't change, but the outlook changed, the reality changed. So I just need subtle reminders to help me find the course. 
You understand? This might be a different path, but it's, a, it's still a course. It still presents the same hurdles and uh, hurdles and shit like that. Excuse me, because I'm just <laughs> getting excited. And I just wanted to remind the family that it's okay to revisit old information. For us to be productive, to finish strong, there's four uh, thieves to our productivity. In order for us to finish strong, there's four thieves to our productivity. That's the inability to say no, the fear of chaos, poor health habits, and the environment that we keep. I just want to kind of highlight the environment that we keep because I think that's the quickest one that we can address outside of poor health habits. But health habits require a level of discipline that we are not ready, that some of us aren't ready for or ready to address in this cool because I was once there. But I feel like we have the most control over the environment that we're in. And I'm speaking mainly for individuals who are moving in a specific direction. If what we are surrounded by is no longer conducive for us, it's okay to remove yourself. Especially if you're trying to move in a direction that requires a level, a different level of energy and discipline. We can control our environment. And our ability to say no can help with that. If we want to be productive, the environment, have, the environment has to be conducive to whatever it is that we're seeking. And our ability to say no to the influences and the inspirations that can be counter to whatever it is that we are pursuing. Chaos is just part of what this corporation does to keep us off kilter. We can't be scared of the chaos. We should, we should try to understand it. And if not that, at least address it. So whatever we know about the chaos, it will no longer leave us in fear. And I'll just leave that there. This first part of this installment was just a reminder that we can run through the tape. And in order for us to do that, we can't be a victim. We have to be accountable. And we have to avoid the thieves of productivity. Our first break. Yes, family, that was Raheem Devon, Overthinking, featuring The Colleagues. I've always liked Raheem Devon. Shout out to the back home native. He came to Delaware State a few times when I was up there. Um, and I went in the clubhouse when, uh, when I was on clubhouse, at least. I was in a few rooms with him and he was speaking and talking about his views on relationships and love and music and shit like that. He a dope, dope dude. And I've always had an interest in live music. So for him to have a short EP of his songs being played by live instruments, it's pretty dope. I thought that was a cool concept. Just want to remind the family it's okay. It's okay to cry. It's okay to smile. It's okay to ask for help. We are in the year 2023. Not really knowing what to expect. And that could be a good or bad thing. But at the same time, it's like... 
with everything that this corporation is trying to use as distractions, we have to be indistractable. For our relationship talk moment of the evening, I just want us to love self, you know, continue to love self. And if you haven't, start to love self. And in the process of that, you'll understand more about who you are and what you want in a partnership. Um, as of something I didn't learn as of late, but I still hang my hat on is that there has to be some level of friendship in the relationship. You can't just be boyfriend and girlfriend. You have to really be friends in there. And in order to be friends, you have to listen to someone and get to understand them without overly or heavily critiquing them. Okay. So to find yourself, you will find your, you will also find your friend in a relationship. And I'll just leave that there. Like I said, we are in 2023 and the corporation that we live in is trying to rev up the distractions. They have found clever ways to keep us off our square for a numerous of reasons, but yet and still we prevail. And that's because we have an ability that the creator has given us that the corporation has yet to understand. And they just use these tactics to keep us docile, okay? Here at 30 Talk with All About Solutions, we're trying to put ourselves in position to combat these distractions so we can live out, live up to our true potential. There's a book on the internet that's called Indistractable. I wasn't able to find it by PDF, but I was able to find the cliff notes. <laughs> so that's what I will be using. And there's still enough information that can be used to, I don't know, get someone to want to buy the book themselves. This is not a paid ad. Um, I'm just using the information that I come across to help people who are viewing the world the way that I do. And building a community requires us to help and build each other. And that's what we're doing here. Being indistractable means strong. Being indistractable means striving to do what you say that you will do. We often speak a good game. We, we talk the talk. It's much more difficult to walk the walk. And piggybacking on the first part of our installment when we talked about being a victim, when we, when we avoid reality, being distracted doesn't help, but it lends to being a victim. Using distractions as an excuse instead of pursuing. Using distractions as a leeway to stop doing or to stop proceeding, right? If we say that we're going to do it, we have to actively pursue it, whatever that means, right? In order for us to do that, we have to be motivated. Motivation is a desire to escape discomfort. We have to find the root of our distractions rather than, rather than creating them. Distractions are a result of seeking relief instead of comfort. <laughs> when we are distracted, we're looking for sudden relief. And that's typically because something is uncomfortable and it's like, hold up. Let me find a quick distraction to keep me from moving in that direction because I'm uncomfortable now. Sometimes we avoid distractions by creating distractions. <laughs> it's crazy. And me as an individual, I think about myself when I was going through whatever I was going through as far as my spiritual growth and journey. The distractions for me were pouring into everybody else instead of myself. I figured if I did everything else for others, that it would be bestowed upon me, not knowing that I had to pursue it. I say all that to say that we have to find the motivation within ourselves to strive, to not be the victim, to hold ourselves accountable. 
when we put all this information together, take a quick pause so we can just let it digest the information. When we think about all of what we discussed today, being accountable is difficult. So what we often do is put distractions in place to kind of soften the blow. And then if we spend too much time in that space, we solely find characteristics of being a victim. In order for us to be indistractable, we have to not only say what we say what we want, we have to actively pursue it. And to do that, we have to be motivated. Last point from the book Indistractable. Like I said, you can find it on the internet, at least the cliff notes, right? And if you are intrigued enough to purchase, I suggest you do so. Often with distractions, they come with a level of satisfaction, right? And we get so used to that satisfaction because it's creating a reality that's not necessarily false, just not accurately true, you know? It has truths in it, but it's not the accurate truth. So we create these distractions to find satisfaction in a space that we might not need to be in, right? Satisfaction, <clears throat> satisfaction is temporary for four, for four reasons. One, because you're bored. Once the satisfaction is done, you, you are now done with the distraction. It is now in the trash. Something else that we have to find or create that's going to give us that same level of satisfaction Maybe not as long as we had the first distraction, but it has to recreate that same feeling. Satisfaction is also temporary for another reason. Is the other, Another reason is because of negative bias. We, for some reason, I've still been trying to figure it out for myself. We always hold on to the negative more than the positive. And for the life of me, I can't understand why truly. I've come up with some, I'm just trying to use words, <laughs> hypothesis on why it's that way. But nothing really stands out to really be like, why do we hold on to the negative more than the positive? A list of positive things can happen in our lives, but we will have a longer list of what we remember that was negative. That hinders satisfaction and makes satisfaction temporary, especially when we talk about distractions, because we're listening to what everybody else says. <laughs> we're listening to everybody else's contribution and opinion and not our own. And nine times out of ten, people only say those things to distract us so they can so we can stay in the same space as them. People want us to be distracted so they don't be left in the space alone. You know? Another uh, reason satisfaction is temporary because we hold on to things. Right? The bad experiences seem to stick around longer than they should. The negative bias seems to stick around longer than it should. You know? And I don't understand. I do understand. I have reasons why. But I want us to understand that if we are in a position to be easily distracted and we're looking for temporary satisfaction, we shouldn't find it out of boredom. We shouldn't find it out of negative bias. And we shouldn't find it just being in negative spaces or holding on to the negative experiences. Right? In our lifetime, I can't say in our lifetime. What I would like us to do in our lifetime is to put enough distractions aside so we can make room for the progressions that we want to make so we can run through the tape. And I'll just leave that there. One last break. Oh, my God.
one for the liquor store. Got some Skittles and some Crown Royal. I know we ended things a week ago. Baby, Yes, family, that was the sounds of Ari Lennox, Night Drive, also representing the back home. Gotta love it. She's has, she has such a very powerful, soulful voice, and I've always liked hearing the passion in singers, you know. A passionate singer really brings life to a song. I feel Ari Lennox does a great job with that. To close us out, have to have our melanated history moment, all right? And I like to try to bring up aspects that, aspects of our history that only empowers us, not keeps us in a space that this critical race theory, you understand, the schools is doing, is talking about how they're trying to clean up their dirty actions. I haven't, I've strayed away from talking about the corporation on the installment because I don't want us to play the blame game, even though large parts of the blame can go to the corporation. But I've also been taught to look at it as an opportunity to use it as a teachable moment so we can create a new form of history and not rely on the form that they give us, you understand? So for me as an individual, I try to find aspects and pockets of our history that doesn't get the highlights that is needed simply because it, one, puts the corporation in a bad light, and then two, it puts us in a in a revolutionary mindset and not one of these passive ones. In May of 1985, there was a group, a melanated, a melanated revolution group by the name of Move 9. Right? Let me make sure I'm getting my... Yes, the Move 9. They were, individual, they were individuals who came together and said that they was not going to play by the corporation rules and they was building, not only built, but built a community of strong melanated people that was fighting the corporation that we call America. But on May 13th, 1985, Philadelphia police dropped a bomb from a helicopter on the home owned by a quote-unquote radical black national group, Move 9, destroying the house, killing five adults and six children, and caused a fire burning down 61 middle-class homes. Black middle-class homes. When I first came across this information in 2019, it was, I didn't even believe it. And I first was frustrated because I've been, I, prior to this, I was on my journey since 2015. So for me to hear this for the first time in 2019, I was frustrated that it wasn't brought to my attention. And that's when I realized that it was my, not so much job, but my duty to share this information to the family. Because I want us to understand that the lengths this corporation goes to when they see us as a people straying away from what they call the matrix. This black liberation group was founded in 1972 by John Africa, born Vincent Leaphart. The West Philadelphian member changed all their names. The West Philadelphian members changed all their last names to Africa, shunned modern technology and materialism, preached support for animal rights, revolution, and the return to nature. This is in 1985. 
they already had an understanding of what was going on. And this is between 1972 and 1985, right? I feel like even with me having an opportunity to be introduced to this aspect of our history, it's great for us to understand that we wasn't always up on the white man's coattail. You understand? We was really trying to do our own thing. And whenever we do that, the corporation has to dismantle that and try to make an example so it keeps us from wanting to relive that or recreate that. To move forward in the space that we want to, we have to realize what this corporation will do and the lengths they will go to to remain in the position that they're in. Quick pause on the history part of the information bringing it to 2023. It's now circulating news that Big Pharma is putting the MMA or the MMR, excuse me, the MMRA in the foods. So not only were they forcing people to get the jab, they're now finding ways to put it into our food so we have to still ingest it. That's not something to bat an eye or question about, especially with all the news circulating around about what companies, what company CEOs and CFOs are stepping down and scientists that was once two years ago, two and a half years ago, saying what the jab was supposed to do for us and how it was this, that, and the third. Now they're retracting a lot of their statements. A lot of the holistic doctors are still passing. A lot of these CEOs are stepping down from their positions. Three years later, the corporation that we live in. I say all that to say is that history repeats itself. So we want to be ahead of the curve by studying not only the history that they give us, but the history that they try to hide from us. The hidden histories. You understand? The first conflict with law, enforce with law enforcement occurred in 1978 when the police tried to evict them from their home. A firefight erupted, killing one police officer. Nine members of the group were sentenced to 100 years for killing that officer. So now we're getting 100 years for self-defense, which I'm pretty sure they lied and put up a really good story, <laughs> you understand, to give these individuals 100 years. I feel like for me as an individual, these events that get overlooked or don't get highlighted, because I don't think they get overlooked. I just think they don't get highlighted. I think it's mainly because we, it's not so much that we're scared of it. We just don't want the responsibility that comes with acknowledging it. And once we are exposed to it and have that acknowledgement, we can't hide from that responsibility. Our ancestors really paved the way for us. And aspects of our lives become difficult trying to recreate that. But that's all the more reason why we should pay homage. Now, I'm not sitting here saying I'm going to quit my job today and go straight out radical, quote unquote, but I'm going to take my time to do what I can to honor them and to spread the word and, the, and spread not so much whatever it is, I'm using it loosely, but just shedding light on what needs to be shed on, to shed light to what needs to be lighted or lit or, lit or enlightened. You understand? And the Move 9 is a group that does that for me. You guys can do further research of that on your own. On our next installment, I'll talk about the members that were released from prison, um, which I feel like is something that I can't just squeeze into the next three, four minutes because I don't want to do them no disservice. So the next time you hear my voice, we're going to definitely start out by finishing out our Move Now story. But definitely do your own research, right? And that is, that's all our time for tonight. I hope we've taken the opportunity to look at what we want in relation to what we need. I say that often because that's a reminder for myself. We aren't doing this alone, family. We have our ancestors with us. 
we have our tribe with us. If there's anything that I want us to take from this installment and anyone moving forward, any one of them moving forward, is just to recognize the environment that we are in, right? And not so much change it, but make alterations. I'm your host, Him Not Them. And if you really want to have this conversation with me, you got to talk to me 30. Peace. Liberation, oh so cavalier. Ooh, baby, take me far away from here. Baby, you know.